Hey everyone, Becky from The Shift Team here, and we're back with a new mini episode to help everyone with some quick lessons to get great ideas and tools for gymnastics. How to develop a consistent handstand for your beam program. This week's mini podcast episode is a sneak peek of our brand new Hero Lab lecture, How to Develop a Consistent Handstand for Your Beam Program which will be released next week. Taylor, part of the shift team, is head floor and beam coach at a gymnastics club in North Carolina, working with pre-team through to level 10. In this episode, Taylor covers the teaching process for a perfect handstand, shapes, drills, and coaching cues, how to structure your beam rotation, and troubleshooting common problems. Hey everyone, thank you for joining me. Today I will be doing a lecture for the Hero Lab on beam handstands. So a little bit about myself, I am a gymnastics coach in North Carolina. I work with Dave and the Shift Movement Science team as what Dave would call the quote-unquote numbers person. I am the head coach for beam and floor for compulsory and optionals in my gym, and I'm lucky enough to be able to work with all levels, so I have hands-in pre-team through levels 9 and 10. So who is this lecture for? Honestly, I would say it's for anyone involved in gymnastics from the recreation to the high-level competitive athletes. I'm in a really cool position in my gym where I can see the impacts of what I teach my littles, my preteen, level twos and threes, and how that basics and the form really translates into the optional levels. Any skill on beam that requires your hands pretty much passes through some version of a handstand. So it's really important that we get these basics right and continue to work them through the optional levels. So what we will be covering, just my process of teaching a handstand and side handstand from start to finish. Who will we be watching? The little picture on the right here is kind of my two stars of the video. One of their other teammates, they are fresh out of pre-team, just joined the competitive scene. So they're in a little training level two and three group. I chose them as kind of my demonstrators in the videos, as I think it's going to give you a really good, more realistic expectation of what issues you might see come up in some of these drills and shapes we'll go through. And just full disclosure, I know there are a million ways to teach a skill. I'm just sharing today what has been working for me personally. I think a big part of being a coach is to continue to learn and develop your program. At the end of my presentation, I will definitely include my contact information and would be happy to discuss anything that's been working for you or any struggle points you might be having. So just a quick overview of the process we're going to go through today. So I kind of have a five-step process. The first one is stationary shapes. From there, we're going to start adding a little bit of movement to those shapes. From there, I go to partner work and really getting hands-on. The fourth step is drills. And the fifth and final step is trying in a safe environment. These first three steps are all coach-led for me. They're very structured, they rarely vary too much, and they take up around 70% of my rotation for my pre-team through level threes. So this is kind of a big portion of their rotation. When they come to being, those first three steps are what my main focus is. Starting with my first step, which is stationary shapes. We're going to kind of go through the shapes that I use very frequently in my beam rotation. I typically spend 10 to 15 seconds with 100% effort 
in these shapes. Could do a little bit longer just for the age group I particularly have. That is typically what has worked for me. I will say that there is usually one or two shapes that as a group, we all need to go back and try again. So the first one that I'll go over is the handstand shape laying on their stomach. You'll see that she has a pit block in her hands and is up against a box. So her hands are a little small, but what I'm looking for her to do is to have her both of her thumbs on top of the pit block and her fingers wrapping around like you would see on a beam. So just reinforcing that hand position, I, I know it's a little wide. Um, if you have something smaller in your gym, you could use maybe half of a pit block. That would probably be more preferable, but we're just using what we have here. You'll see a couple things are happening with this shape. So the first thing is she's really pressing her armpits into the floor, giving her a really good open shoulder angle. As she's doing that, she's trying to round her chest and pull her ribs up. So kind of counterbalancing here along with really squeezing her bottom and pressing her hips flat. The last thing you'll see from her is she's pushing against that pip block and her box to really have no gaps in between her shoulders and her ears. There's a couple different coaching cues I use for that. Pushing your pip block, covering your ears, no gaps or no space, I've said before, just to make sure that they're really fully extended in their arms, especially in a lot of these stationary shapes and positions. So at the bottom, you'll see for each shape, I'm going to give a couple coaching cues. We're going to assume, just as a gymnastics given, that for all of these, we're emphasizing straight arms, straight legs, pointed toes. But for each one, I'll give kind of the cues that I'm looking for and reminding the girls as we're holding these shapes. The next one, we're going to flip onto our back and try to kind of mimic that same shape. You'll see her hand position is similar here. Thumbs together, fingers wrapped around the pip lock. A big one for laying on her back is that I'm looking for no space or daylight, as I joke with them, under their back. So they're really pushing their ribs into the floor, closing their core to get a really flat, straight line. You'll see a lot of kids with some rib flare. You'll see big gaps under their lower back. I typically am really hands-on with this. I, I stick my hand usually under their lower back and I ask them to push my hand or squish my hand down. It takes them a couple tries. You'll see them hold their breath to do it. I encourage them to keep breathing, obviously, but they're trying to really push their ribs down and squeeze down in their core, which is really important for when we start getting into the movement and start actually trying the handstand. And like I said before, no gaps. So they're pushing their pip block. You can see there's a little bit of tension on that pip block and really trying to cover their ears. So the next one, you'll see a lot of these shapes are really similar. We're just varying how they're being held. So you can use a pip block for this picture. Particularly, we used a piece of a floor beam. Now we're taking that shape on our belly and we're standing up and going against the wall. So the same cues that we wanted to see on the belly we're now looking to see up against the wall. So she's pushing her beam above her head as tall as she can. That creates no gaps from the shoulder to the ear, all the way extended through the arms and really pushing tall, which will create a really nice handstand. Same shapes we were looking for on the floor. She's pushing her armpits to the wall as she's rounding her back, as she's squeezing her bottom. So all three of those things plus pushing up on the beam is gonna create a really nice line and a strong handstand. We are now going to be sitting. So kind of how we did the back against the floor. We're now taking it a little step forward. Same thing. You can choose a floor beam or a pip lock, your choice. For here, she is trying to push her back against the wall. So we're looking for 
no daylight, no space. That back is fully flush with the wall. You'll see here in the coaching cues, I do mention what I call the candy cane. So that is when you have really close shoulders because they're trying to actually pull their ribs in and close their core. In turn, you might see a little bit of a closed shoulder angle, which I call the candy cane. I'm okay with the candy cane for my really little ones because they're trying to pull their ribs in. And that might tell me that we have a strength or flexibility deficit that they are not able to open their arms and show a straight line while maintaining a flat back and ribs in shape. So my first priority is getting the chest in, getting a really flat back, and then we'll start opening the shoulders. Just prefer this over having a really archy back with no core control, just so they have now open armpits. Same kind of coaching cues, no gaps, full back against the wall, um, pushing their pip lock or their beam. So now we're taking the shape that we saw last slide where she was sitting up against the wall and we're actually just flipping it upside down. Can have the athlete scoot back towards the block and bend their knees. This is just going to be a little bit easier for support for athletes that might not be strong enough to hold themselves up in the correct position. This is typically where I progress to if we can do the tuck knee handstand. Coaching cues, corrections really maintain the same. We're looking for them pushing through the beam, pulling their chest in. You'll see both athletes here have a pretty flat back and they're really trying to close their core. Basic gymnastics corrections here. Straight elbows, straight knees, pointed toes. Um, I don't mind the flex feet as much as long as they're really pressing their knees. You'll see two options here with the pointed toes and the flex feet. You also see two options for the hands. So the one on the left, she's really showing a regular handstand shape on the right or my right at least, showing side handstand hands. So you can do two options there depending on which handstand you are working. I typically try to cover both. So they'll pop up in regular handstand and then they'll come down, flip their beam, pop up for side handstand. And like I discussed the candy cane, I'm okay if we have a little bit of a closed shoulder angle, as long as we're really emphasizing the rounding of the chest and showing ribs in. My last stationary shapes here are kind of my entry and exit positions. So starting with the lunge shape here, you'll see one of my pre-teamers demonstrating what I'm looking for. Here, I'm really focusing on, for both the entry and exit, that front foot in the lunge is really pushing down into the beam. So I come around, I try to pick up that front foot. I really want them to maintain pressure on the beam. Both hips facing the end of your beam for square hips. I use the term squeeze your shorts. Neither of these athletes have shorts, but we will pretend um, or ask them to pretend that they do. Um, and they're really thinking about squeezing together the top of their thighs to really squeeze and square up the hips. Again, really important, especially when we get to bigger skills. For the lunge shape, I'm looking for chest in, no extreme arch, especially in the entry. And then in my landing position, this is what I call the press back position. This is one of my optionals, Carson. She is a little bit too archy for my liking, but I believe this is after she just did her first handspring handspring series. So we will cut her some slack for the presentation here. But she's doing a really good job of demonstrating how she's actually pulling her arms back while pressing her front foot into the beam. So this is kind of stopping the momentum. And I teach this uh, even with my preteen, my level twos and threes as how my preferred landing position is, especially when we get into high level series, handspring allowed step outs. We want to be able to stop that momentum from continuing backwards. So we're kind of counterbalancing here with pushing the front foot into the beam while pulling the arms backwards to stop the motion.
Hopefully you enjoyed this mini podcast episode. If you'd like to hear the rest of how to develop a consistent handstand lecture, head over to the Hero Lab, relaunched with a brand new look with a website that's now more user-friendly to help coaches easily locate and access the tools to change gymnasts' lives. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to that episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it and got a lot of value out of it. I just want to let you know before we sign off here that a couple things we'd love for you to do. So one is please just make sure that you rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you're listening, because that really does help the episode grow quite a bit. And then second, if you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you left us a review as well and told us what you liked about it. You know, what information was useful, what things were not useful, would you like to know more about, what guests do you want to have on in the future? And then also as you kind of go about your day, if you found something really useful, just toss it up on social media. We love to hear from people on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, all the different websites that they're using for social media. Facebook is great too. But yeah, let us know what you like, because honestly, the podcast comes from people who just tell us what they're finding useful. And that's how we create the next set of content. So yeah, tag us in the podcast or tag us online, whatever you're doing and uh, let us know what you think. Thanks.